to the This Is Believin' Real Browns Fans Podcast. I am your host, James Mastrucci, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Jordan Cohen. Jordan, how are you doing today? I am doing great. It is now day two of training camp, and that's always very exciting. Yeah, things are starting to fall into place a little bit. we got some storylines going on. Um, I, I know a lot of people place a lot of... Uh, I'll say misguided emphasis on training camp as a whole, especially day one and day two. Uh, but, you know, being that the Browns are in a different position now than they were before, some of the things that have happened are a little less important now Now that we have a stable coaching staff. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that, I mean, what all the reports are saying about day one is that the offense looked really good. And... By kind of the converse of that that nobody's saying is then the defense probably looked really bad. My gut is that if you just look at this offense, even the Baker Odell connection, mm -hmm. this offense is the exact same unit they tried out last year. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's going to be a very similar system. The defense, I mean, today Stefanski said Anthony Walker is going to be the defensive signal signal caller, and the two guys who did it last year, Goodson and Sandejo, are no longer on the roster. You had Greedy starting, like, the first drive at cornerback, then he got hurt, and then you had a rookie playing as a second cornerback. Like, I just I, I knew some I, – I just uh, – JOK, who I don't care what anybody says, I think is going to have a very big role in the Browns this year, mm -hmm. is out with COVID. Like, I, I just – I don't think that we really can take much from it, but it's still really exciting, and I think some of the storylines are important. Yeah, and, you know – you're right, some of the storylines are important, but one thing to to take into account, and I cannot stress this enough, uh, tons of uh, turnover and change on the defensive side of the ball. So let's let's say um, they continue to struggle <laughs> in training camp or early on, and things look a little just disconnect, disconnected between players. They're not quite doing the things right. They're missing calls. They're not getting to the right spot. I wouldn't be worried because of all of the new guys there. Now, if this lingers on into the first couple weeks of the season, that's a different story. But we all remember how last year's training camp went. Uh, the conversation was about the offense. And in case anyone forgot, Baker wasn't looking good early on in training camp last year. So the fact right. that the, the defense with a whole bunch of new guys learning some uh, some new systems, some new schemes, and exactly how to play off of everyone else, and they're not apparently looking very good, not necessarily surprising. Right. Right. And I mean, I think again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. New defensive signal caller. I don't care what anybody says. The Browns still have no idea who's starting in their, on their defensive line. I think the only guaranteed starter there is Miles Garrett. And mm -hmm. I know it sounds crazy because just like, they have Clowney. I don't know that Clowney's a guaranteed starter. I, he may start every game, but I, I don't know that he's going to be playing the majority of snaps opposite Garrett. And we have no idea who's starting a defensive tackle. Like they can, people can say whatever they want. We have no idea. Mm -hmm. uh, Jackson, Billings, Togi, we don't know. Mm -hmm. So part of me thinks kind of like the defense is going to suck for most of the preseason. Mm-hmm. And it may suck to start the regular season, but the hope is that unlike last year, with the so like with the offense, what ended up happening is yeah they weren't great, but they just had so much talent they could power through. Mm -hmm. 
the hope is that the defense does that this year. Like, yeah. th- there's just so much talent in the secondary that even if they're still learning everything, they can power through kind of the first few games. Yeah, um, I, I think that they'll be able to, or they have a better chance of doing that this year than last year for sure. Uh, but definitely some important things to pay attention to. One, the the one thing you mentioned that I found interesting is that. Um, Anthony Walker is going to be the signal caller, uh, and not John Johnson. I know there was a lot of um, discussion about that coming into this season, and you know when he was on the Rams, he made all the calls. Are you surprised at all went with Walker instead of Johnson? Or, I mean, yeah, but I also think it gets something you and I have talked about, which is I don't know that the Browns are going to be running nickel as much as people think they are. And that doesn't mean John Johnson won't always be on the field, but if you're going to be running a lot of 4-3 base, you mm-hmm. probably want the signal caller to be the linebacker anyways because the safety is going to be out uh, out in Berea. Like, if they're running 4-3 base with single high, Johnson's going to be far back. Like, I think it may, that may be a signal. And listen, it's day mm-hmm. one of camp or day two of camp. Like, that could change. But... I guess it's a little surprising. I mean, did Walker call the plays in Indianapolis? Do you know? Uh, I believe he did. Okay. So maybe that's what it is. And I don't know. I, I never think you can have too many leaders. So you're, you're, you're right on that. You can't have too many of them. And I believe I saw something said that Walker did call them. I'm trying to double check while we're here. But but to your point, that's that's about the the defense that they're running and the the personnel having a, a linebacker out there calling the play seems to be a, a better option because yeah, I mean, of if frequency right if they're gonna run nickel base then i think that would be a silly idea because honestly nickel base i don't know that walkers the so I, I think you're gonna you would have jok or harrison out there and the other would probably be a guy like taki taki mm-hmm so, I just I, I don't think nickel base is going to be what what is going on a lot. I think it's still going to be four to three base and then nickel and dime on occasion. One thing that I did uh, I did see it in uh, an article on the Athletic is that uh, Mac Wilson was getting some uh, some run with the first team here. I know first team, second team, whatever reps in the first couple of days really don't matter, but. Uh, do you think they're just trying to get the best look at him as possible so if they have to make a move, they do? They're cutting him. I don't care what anybody says. There's no way in hell Mac Wilson makes the roster this year. I, right? I, 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 don't think he, I don't think he does. But uh, you think putting him out there being like, give him the chance, give him any chance to see if he can show us anything, and when we get to the point where it's like, okay, this guy's got nothing, just move on? Yeah, I mean, right. Like, who are the backups then? So you know what Malcolm Smith is. Jacob Phillips was not good as a rookie, but he also did show a lot of potential. Taki Taki, you know what he is. Uh Anthony Walker, you know what he is. And you're not cutting JOK. Yeah. So, unless this team is going to have, like, eight linebackers on the roster, Mack Wilson's gone. It may have just been a, hey, we don't want to give, put Jacob Phillips or Malcolm Smith there because we know what they are. I mean, yeah, there's that. There's also, I mean, we also can't discount the fact that JOK wasn't there, so someone had to take the reps at some point, so. Yeah, and I and, agree. F- and for someone like 
Um, Malcolm Smith, we know what he is. He's more of the, the passing down guy. So he's going to be in there in pass plays. He's got to be in there all the time. He's a rotational sub-linebacker. He's not a starter. Right. So maybe that's what they were going with. Yeah, I mean, I guess... No, I think that's a good point. I I just... Listen, I, I'm skeptical about this defense, and I'm skeptical about Joe Woods. And I can say this as much as possible. Like, if Joe Woods decides he's cutting Jacob Phillips and Mac Wilson's going to start, I, I wouldn't be shocked, but it's not because I think that makes sense. It's because it's Joe Woods. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I also don't think Joe Woods is an idiot. So, I can't, but I don't know. I just, like, who, seriously, you're not going to cut Tony Fields. You're not going to cut Jacob Phillips. So there's two. You're not going to cut Malcolm Smith or Anthony Walker because they're going to be your two veterans. So it's four. I, you're not going to cut JOK, period. So it, that last spot is between Taki Taki and Mac Wilson, and one of them gives us like consistent production. I don't think Taki Taki is particularly good, but he does what he does pretty well. So unless you're literally planning on having eight linebackers on the roster, Mac, it's got to be Mac Wilson that gets cut. Yeah, I mean, in the end, it's probably him. Uh, additionally, uh, I, I think his spot on the roster is just there until JOK comes back from uh, the COVID list. Well, and I think that's to your point, right? Mac Wilson may have been starting there because it's actually JOK's spot, and they want to Jacob Phillips and Malcolm Smith to be used in the roles they're going to be used at during the season. Mm-hmm. I think that's your point. I think that's fair, right? That Mac Wilson yeah. may have been starting as a placeholder. Yeah, pretty much. So is um, anything else defensively that's that has stood out to you so far? Uh, you know they've they've got their linebacker group. That, you know Greedy Williams left with a, a heat related issue. Yeah, I mean any snaps Greedy Williams plays for us this year is a positive. I was shocked. I mean, right? Like I was shocked that he was starting. I figured it would have been Troy Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, or or Newsom if yeah. they're committed to using Trey Hill in the slot. But I guess Newsom's a rookie, so you're starting Greedy. But, I mean, did Greedy even look good? Was there anything on that? I know he left really early on. Uh, and I know he got burned by Jarvis, or by Odell on one play. So probably not. Yeah, I'm not seeing any uh, anything saying whether he was uh, good or bad. I think uh, I think mostly for this <laughs> this part of it, it's just he's actually on the field and can is playing and participating. So I think that's more of what the, the focus for, for Greedy Williams is. I mean, and that's the way I look at him. You know, I, I, I've said it, I've said it for over a year now, anything you get out of Greedy Williams is a bonus. So anything they get out of Greedy Williams is a bonus. I mean, the hope with Greedy Williams always was that because he is such kind of a ball hawk Mm -hmm. that, and good in man, that he could be like a Terrence uh, Mitchell-type cornerback, right? They can just kind of fit in anywhere you need him to. Mm-hmm. He did not show that his rookie year, and then he's missed all of last season. Mm-hmm. But if he could become that, that would be great. Wait, so, sorry. Total side note moment. Can we talk about, like, all of this narrative that Odell's a medical miracle? Like, listen, I'm happy he's quote-unquote healthy. He was playing... They were not playing heavy practice right it was seven on seven i think it's at some point and he's it's been nine months like 
It's what you'd expect. Yeah, and, and what I'm reading here is that uh, they were definitely not full go. It was very, very slow paced for the most part uh, in uh, Zach Jackson's uh, article on The Athletic. He described it as a jog tempo for the 11 on 11 drills. <laughs> so it's, yeah. I, I don't think that, you know, they're obviously not going full bore because uh, it's July. But it, and like you said, uh, it's been nine months for Odell. Um, and Again, the the one thing I want to see, I want to see him run and have his run look fluid and smooth, and you know, because I I haven't seen that yet. It, I, I brought up uh, the the video of him making that jump catch uh, previously, and he looks stiff. So he looks stiff, and that's kind of concerning, honestly. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Like, okay, so it wasn't Odell that beat Greedy, it was Anthony Schwartz. Um, okay. But, like, that, I think, gets to the point about Odell, right? It, if Odell looks stiff, then we may have a problem on our hands. Yeah, okay, so I'm, I'm, Odell... I'm looking at a clip of him catching a pass from Baker Mayfield right now. He does still look it was a, a little catch. stiff. Yeah, uh, it, is a... stiff. it was a good catch, but he looks stiff. Uh, um, this is from today, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So not the one from like a month ago. This is like from today. He looks yeah, yeah. I saw stiff. one yesterday too, and he looked good. He looked stiff. Yeah, and I mean that's kind of what I expected. I'm watching another one. Yeah. Right. Still I mean, this stiff. isn't like a Zlatan yeah. Ibrahimovic thing, where like he just tore his ACL, MCL, and like Achilles, and then came back in six months. Like, it, it's not what we're talking about here. We're talking yeah. about like generally expected recovery time. Yeah. So it's it's very much on the timeline expected for his recovery. So, yeah, you, you hope that he's able to play at the full level. He'll probably be a little... My expectation, not my, uh, not what I think, just expectation, I think he'll, he'll be a little bit slow to start the season. Uh, they'll probably, uh, snap count-wise, uh, uh, manage that very carefully to ensure that you know, there isn't any flare-ups, there isn't anything that, like, comes back and gets them, or doesn't, like, tear it again. You know what I mean? The, yeah, that, the, so... it's funny, the name I've been hearing is kind of the guy that's going to spell Odell to start the season is Donovan Peoples-Jones, which mm-hmm. is interesting to me. Not because I thought he was bad last year, just... And I guess it's that's what's to be expected. Yeah. I, I've seen that, too, and, you know... Uh, sorry for all the, you know, Rashard Higgins fanboys out there. Uh, it's not Higgins. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, that was the first thing I saw. I was just like, oh, okay, this makes sense, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I really don't know. I, people, I, I don't think Higgins is going to... It will take two injuries to that receiving core for me to think Higgins gets a lot of snaps. Or really any at all. Because right now... Odell, Jarvis, Donovan, Peoples-Jones. Then you have Anthony Walker and um, the... Fuck, I'm blanking on the name. The running back they took that people think is going to replace Ernest Johnson. Uh, Felton. Felton, yeah. You have Walker and Felton, who like kind of mirror each other as a receiving group. Mm-hmm. Those are... It, it, we don't play many three-receiver sets. Like, it, it will take, I think, an injury to both Odell and then one of Jarvis or DPJ. Mm-hmm. For us to see Higgins, so uh, you want to know something fun? I think Higgins could be a camp cut. I mean, he's on a one-year deal. They could cut. Yeah, him. they could. 
I mean, because I he has to beat out one of those guys, otherwise he's getting cut. Because you look at the other guys on the roster, you you look at the the skill sets of those guys. You look at timeline ceiling of those players. He's a Higgins is a moderately high floor guy, but very low ceiling. Higgins is what Higgins is. He's yeah. not going to improve. I don't think he's going to get worse anytime soon. But but he is what he is. is. Like, and, and I mean, again, just we do not run a lot of three plus receiver sets. No. Right, most of our sets are two tight ends. So. I kind of just feel like Higgins needs. Are you really going to keep what amounts to a fifth receiver on the roster? I mean, he's the backup to the backup. Yeah, I mean, there's a point where at, when you get to some of these players on the roster, where redundancy comes into play. Right, you're not cutting one of the three tight ends, no matter how much like we kind of wish Joku or uh, really Joku would get traded. Like mm-hmm. he's not probably not going to. Probably not. So those three are going to be on the roster. And they're not cutting Od- or trading Odell Jarvis and evidently not DPJ. They're mm-hmm. not getting rid of Walker. And the prob- Felton will take a running back spot, but it's the same point. Like, Yeah. And they just drafted Schwartz, so they're not cutting him. Right. Right. Or not Anthony. I meant Schwartz. Sorry. Yeah. I did not mean Walker. Sure. <laughs> I've said Walker like 8 million times. I meant Schwartz. Uh, it happens. Yeah. Um, Derek Willies is another guy that like people are saying may be in the running. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know that I feel like wide receiver and linebacker. I think Mac Wilson and Higgins are both guys that very likely could get cut because Mm -hmm. you're going to want to save depth elsewhere. This team needs at least three tight ends on the roster. They need at least three running backs on the roster. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't know what offensive linemen are going to get cut because, like, Forbes is still, like, weirdly kind of a rookie. And then there is, like, Chris Hubbard's not getting cut. No, he's not. As much as people want him to be cut, they're not going to cut him. Um, right, they're not going to cut him. He, he does too much. He's too kind of versatile. I'm pulling up their, so, their depth chart right now just to uh, refresh yeah. me on some of these guys. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, so, I mean, Forbes... James Hudson, the rookie, isn't getting cut. No. Uh, the son of Nick Harris isn't getting cut. Like, receiver is going to be a room that probably is going to see somebody get cut. And it's not going to be uh, the actual good ones. <laughs> no, I mean, I actually thought, like, DPJ was the guy in the bubble, but it seems like he looked really good day one, and the mm-hmm. coaching staff is pretty high on him. Which, like, I think he was only targeted 20 times last year, but he caught, like, 13 out of those 20 passes and had a pretty good kind of metrics in terms of catches and, like, getting open. So mm-hmm. that doesn't shock me, I guess. So I think Higgins is on the bubble. Yeah, he could be. Because I mean, you look at, you, you know, the the main complaint that people have is that the, the receivers aren't necessarily the fastest people. Having Rashard Higgins on the on the roster doesn't solve that problem, right? Uh, Schwartz and, and does, Kadero Hodge does. Maybe some of these other guys like JoJo Natson or Jamarcus Bradley would also help address right. that. But those guys right. aren't like big time roster guys. Those those are so I, far I, down the depth chart. Higgins was Hodge's backup last year. Like 
I know Brown's Twitter, half of it anyways, will go apoplectic if they cut him. But I think they're going to cut him. He's got to have a good camp. He's going to have to do something amazing to avoid being on that bubble. I'm, I'm sorry to, to tell uh, some of our listeners that, but let's be real. Uh, uh, barring an injury to one of or both of Landry and Beckham, I just don't see a, a spot on the roster where he gets, like, playing time. If they just want to have him just to have him, it's fine. Yeah, even if Jarvis takes a step back and Odell's 50% of the player he once was, both of those guys are still better than Higgins. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that, like, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones will ever be, like, a starting caliber receiver, but he at least has a ceiling, right? Like, or the ceiling's unknown. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Higgins makes it over those three. He Schwartz ostensibly plays a different position, but that's four receivers. So Higgins really has to beat out Hodge, Willies, uh, all those guys. I just, I don't know. I don't know if he will. Because they're not going to have more than five receivers, I don't think. They may have a few practice squad guys, but Higgins won't go to the practice squad, so. Yeah, so looking at their their depth chart again. Had it up and I closed it. <laughs> you know that's fantastic. But so there's gonna be a couple guys on. on they're gonna be uh, practice squad guys, but a couple. There's gonna be maybe one or two guys in particular that they're gonna have just for uh, return man duty. I think that's part of the reason Ryan Switzer is still here as possible return yep. guy. Same thing for JoJo Natson. So one of those guys is still gonna be here. So that's a spot. Yeah. Dedicated. That's five receivers. That's dedicated to them. So you, yeah. So one of those guys, Landry, Beckham, Peoples, Jones, Schwartz, Schwartz, and that's for even looking at you know Padero Hodge, who right. I who think is again be on the team. was better than Higgins last year. Mm-hmm. And Kadero Hodge can do the Jarvis. So like if Jarvis gets hurt, I think Kadero Hodge is taking like he was not as good, but kind of like a like just a big body kind of good like solid route runner type skill set. Mm-hmm. And, and Hodge also gives you something in the red zone, right? Because he's so big. Yeah. So he's a big dude. I don't know, man. Like, I, I, are you gonna keep seven receivers on the active roster? I mean, I don't think you can. You, you got to cut somewhere. We can't have every single player. It, yeah, it, you, you can't. You, they can't come into the. the with this offense, they can't come into uh, camp with all of those receivers on the roster. You're right. And you need more offensive linemen, right? We saw this last year. Like, mm. what saved us was just having so much depth on the offensive line. It, it falling ass backwards into a couple guys at the right time. <laughs> but 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 point is, depth. Like, I, yeah. I cannot foresee this roster having less than nine offensive linemen. They really need it. They do. I think that because it, it is so, this offense is so dependent on the offensive line. And like, they also have some young guys, right? Like Nick Harris, James Hudson, Forbes, like those are three young guys. And then uh, what's the, the guy they picked up last year uh, who to, at the playoff game? Um, Michael Dunn. Dunn. Young guy. Like, I don't see any of those four guys going. I don't see Hubbard going. Mm-hmm. Maybe Dunn gets practice squatted. Yeah. And maybe Forbes gets cut. But so maybe eight guys, but but still, you can't have eight offensive linemen, seven receivers. That doesn't work. I mean, because you know, as as we know, there's there's two sides to the football. The other side needs depth too, right? 
You can't have all your depth at the receiver position. About linebacker, yeah. Right? Like they're probably gonna cut Mac Wilson and still have a lot of linebackers on the roster. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna need cornerback depth. Clearly, you're gonna need safety depth, which I think we already have. But I don't see any of those guys getting cut. Yeah, I mean, and the defensive line's a giant question mark. So they're gonna have a lot of those guys on the roster just to see. I, I think Sheldrick Redwine could be on the. Redwine's going to get cut. I think Redwine, Mac Wilson, Higgins are kind of the, maybe the three big names that get cut. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I just, I, like, be, I know Browns fans are going to go apoplectic, but... Oh, it's going to be a complete meltdown. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be bad. But I just, I don't... Listen, they had an opportunity two years ago to trade Higgins when his value was high, and they chose not to, and I get it, because he looks like he had good chemistry with Baker. But you can't trade him now. He's on a one-year deal, and teams will call that bluff. I mean, there, there's that, and there's the fact that he's been a, three age, a free agent three times, and no other nobody's team has gone, after, nobody's gone I mean, after him. Right. I mean, Higgins' best bet actually probably would have been just waiting until kind of the season got close to starting, and teams had injured receiving cores. But, like, every time Higgins has been in the big light, like, think about the playoffs last year. Like, that fumble hurts his value. I know it's one play. And he did well prior to that on that play. But, I mean, that fumble arguably cost the Browns a trip to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, think about how different that game looks if the Browns score a touchdown there because Higgins is an idiot with the ball. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the Chad Henney rollout. That's for sure. Yeah. God. I mean, do you, like, I just, I don't, I get why they give him a one-year deal, right? You want to see, test him, but I just, I don't think he's going to improve. I don't think anybody's going to take Najoku. So, I mean, Najoku is ostensibly a receiver that plays in the tight end spot. And Oh, which, by the way, sidebar, all of a sudden people think Najoku's become a good blocker. I don't understand. Like, that came out of nowhere. See, there's a difference. And I will admit, he got slightly better towards the end of last season at blocking. I will admit that. But he's still bad. Being slightly better, but still bad, is still bad. (laughs) He went from probably the worst blocking tight end in the NFL to maybe like a bottom 25%. Yeah, he's still not good. He's still bad. Yeah. But, yeah, I just... This roster is weird, right? Like, I, I think... What people think it's going to look like is not necessarily what it's going to look like. Just like I, I don't think they're going to run as much nickels people think they are. And and what will end up happening is people will say like, oh well, JOK's in, so that's a safety. It's a nickel. No, which gets to like what you want this defense to look like, right? Like at the end of the day, you don't want nickel and base to be that different. Like JOK can do everything a safety can do, but he's a linebacker. Frankly, I think there's an argument that last year Ronnie Harrison was a linebacker. I mean, I, I do. Like, yeah. I, if they are playing most of their snaps in the box and sometimes just go out to coverage, that's maybe you say they're box safety, but like, JOK is a linebacker. He is. He's built like a linebacker. He plays like a linebacker. He's just one that is also really good in coverage. Yeah, you know, I'm just, you know, looking at their depth chart and, oh, look, he's listed under linebacker. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, one step back. What? He's listed as a linebacker? It's crazy. I know. 
It's crazy. The yeah. guy that was played linebacker in high school and college and was drafted as a linebacker is listed as a linebacker. And that Andrew Barry identified as a linebacker after the, after he drafted. <laughs> but no, don't. But some people want you to believe he's some sort of rover safety position or some other nonsensical name that they like to give to those uh, guys. And no, he's a linebacker. He's not. I like listen. Isaiah Simmons, Jabril Peppers. Those guys are rover safeties. Yeah. Acknowledged. I, Ronnie Harrison, I think, is probably a rover safety. Like I acknowledge mm-hmm. that. JOK is a linebacker that just is also really good in coverage. Like I think JOK is closer to a Luke Keekley type. Not that he will be that good. I'm just like comparative analysis. He's closer to that type of linebacker than he is to a rover safety. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that like he's not built like Ray Lewis as people completely confused about what he's going to do right but like look at again i'm not saying he will be luke keekley but like look at luke keekley he was a big guy like joe is a big guy like he wasn't ray lewis looking but it didn't matter like that's what i think jok like that's to me his high end is that type of player um so but again like i just getting back to the roster construction there are going to be guys that people like that are going to go. Uh, Higgins, I, I just, the more and more I think about it, the more we've talked about it, I don't see how he makes the roster unless he really improves. Uh, unless they fundamentally change like their entire offense and get away from things that they were very successful at last year for some bizarre reason, because that makes sense, right? Um, I don't think... Uh, Higgins is a lock for the roster. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I mean, I don't see it. now. Greedy may be a guy too that if he just looks really bad, he may get cut. I, I don't. I think they will give Greedy another year as long as he can be healthy going into the season. Yeah, so I'm with you on that. I think he has a much longer leash than some of the other guys here in regards I mean, to uh, roster security. Like, he did not look great his rookie year. He also had a few good flashes, but he didn't look great. Mm-hmm. And he had that injury, that nerve damage injury in the shoulders, bad. But also, like, don't forget how high his potential was coming out of college. Like, he had one flaw, and it was a big flaw. He didn't know how to tackle. But, like, his coverage stuff was outstanding. Mm-hmm. So I think they will give him a leash this year, as long as he can be healthy. Yeah, as long as he can play, I think they're going to give him a chance to redeem himself. So I just, I, I, in maybe the offensive line battles between like Dunn, Forbes, and Nick Harris for like maybe one of those three gets cut. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, the other thing, so in Real Browns fans, uh, there's an art, uh, the third part of this cap series came out, and I actually really encourage everybody to look at it. It's a really good article by Dan Keyes, mm-hmm. and he talks about in the article like what everybody is worried about Teller getting good, like not playing, but what Key what Dan Keyes says is it's actually probably more likely that Teller gets resigned and Treader gets cut, and that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I can, and I in can that see world, that. a guy like Nick Harris probably is going to get another year, and I actually think that makes more sense because Teller is still fairly young. He he's a guard. He will get paid a lot, but he'll still get paid like a guard. Treader is getting paid a ton. He's thirty-one years old, and I think next year is the last year on his deal. So you can cut him. 
And to that end, I don't know that any of those three guys get cut. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. I mean, I, I just, I... To me, so, like, I think one thing we've identified today is, like, Higgins, Mac Wilson, and who's the third guy that I, uh, that I said we get cut? Higgins, Mac Wilson. Oh, Redwine. Yeah, Sheldon Redwine. I think those three are, I think those three are in big trouble. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. Um, let's, let's touch real quick on uh, everyone's favorite thing to do uh, in early days of uh, training camp. Uh, I saw a tweet yesterday, Baker Mayfield ripping lasers or some some ridiculous statement like yeah. that. And I'm like, I'm like, come on, man. It's 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 day one of training camp. They're like, it's not that they're not trying. It's just, it's very relaxed compared to uh, game prep during, you know, game week. <laughs> yeah. And like, I would hope Baker was throwing lasers. <laughs> yes. I mean, I would hope, like, that was part of the problem last year. You said earlier, like. Last year in training camp, part of the problem was Baker didn't look good. Mm. Right? And so him looking good this year isn't, like, it's a great thing. It's just, it's an expected thing. Like, yeah, I'd hope so. Yeah, it's like, okay, awesome. He's he's throwing lasers or whatever you want to call them. Uh, but let's, I mean. No contact, like. It's it's not right. real. It's not, I mean, it, not I mean yeah, he, he threw it, it happened, cool. But. In, in the grand scheme of things, it's not real. Let's be real here. Well, and, like, if you watch that play where Jarvis beats Ward, a lot of people are like, look at that connection. Baker, like, the pass was fine. Mm -hmm. Jarvis made the play. Yeah. Which is good. Like, I think Baker and Jarvis over two years have really started to develop nice chemistry. So, like, I'm glad to see that. But that doesn't, to me, mean Baker's like, oh, well, we got the next Pat Mahomes on our hands. Yeah, I mean, again, the... The, the news to really pay attention to for the offense isn't that they look good. It's if they suddenly look bad. That's that's the right. news to pay attention to. Because, right, exactly. Because everyone's favorite thing to do is, uh, you know, oh, these guys are looking so good today, first day of training camp. Oh, it's uh, best shape of his life season, all that other crap, right? You know, this guy's looking big, this guy's fast, this guy's doing all of this. It's like, come on. We're really doing right. this. We're really doing this right. again. Right. And like, listen, we're both guilty of this to a certain extent too, right? Like training camp's exciting because it means the season's here. Mm -hmm. But it's always important to take a step back. Like, yeah. It's day one. It, it's day one. Take some perspective. Look at the grand scheme of things. Uh, I, I so know. Speaking of the grand scheme of things. Okay. I have a question. Yes. Stefanski and the COVID vaccine stuff. Where? What's your take on this? <sighs> Not necessarily about the vaccine itself, but, like, do you think, like, with the NFL's COVID protocols, right, like, yeah, does it make sense just to, like, try to go in for that competitive advantage? I mean, Stefanski's kind of basically saying, and I think, I, to me, I think he's handling it right, right? Like, I'm not going to mandate it. If you want to know about it, there's people on our staff that can tell you about it. Um... Statistically, it does seem like it prevents it, which is good for us in the long term. But we just we're past fifty percent. We want to have enough players to field the team. To me, like that, I think is the appropriate way to handle it. I know some people are saying like he should totally mandate it, and like it, I guess I, I don't like to me like that's fine. I think that's probably good overall. But mm -hmm. 
I also think like his position is good. I think what's going on with JOK is like a signal, right? Like JOK is going to miss probably 14 days of camp. I mean, that that is we again. We don't know what JOK's vaccination status is, or if he indeed uh, tested positive. Uh, about the whole um, vaccination thing, it's encouraging <laughs> uh, their players to make to to do it. It's fine. Mandating, I think, is you're going. You're walking a very thin line, but I, yeah. I I will say this, and I think some people uh, realized this about a week ago uh, when several coaches got let go. But if you're not like the guy or an essential part of the operation, these teams would just be like, "We got to let you go." Yeah, I think mean, that makes sense. I mean, was. Uh, all I mean, uh, a perfect example is the Jets game last year. All it takes is one thing to happen, and all all the receivers have just been taken out of the game. Good luck throwing to guys you've never heard of before. Right. Right. No, exactly. And I, I feel like, at the end of the day, even if teams are... And I don't know enough about science to know. I, I know I got vaccinated, but I, I don't know enough about science to know like what the debate is, really. Um, I, I know for me, like it was just something I did. But like if a team says, we fundamentally believe the vaccine prevents COVID, and you are, as you said, like a second or third string guy, and you're like, I'm not going to get vaccinated, they're just going to cut you. Yeah, or if there's, or if you're, if you're on the bubble, if you're, if you're a, a guy that's like, we can have you, or we can have uh, this free agent who does the same thing you do. We're gonna go, and th- you're unvaccinated. He's vaccinated. They're gonna go for the vaccinated guy. I'm sorry. Right. Just how it works. No, I agree with that. I agree. I totally agree. I think that's just the nature of the game, and so yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like. I, my hope, and I know there's like fear about this. My hope is that we can have a normal regular season, whether it's because of vaccinations or something else. I hope we have a normal regular season. I, I, I am. I know. So, like in uh, Zach Jackson's article, he says uh, Stefanski is going to keep nudging unvaccinated players to get vaccinated, and COVID is going to remain part of many NFL discussions for the foreseeable future. Teams with 85% of their players vaccinated can work under relaxed daily protocols, which is why Stefanski will continue to be asked about the vaccination rate. I think that makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay, I think that makes sense to me. I think the goal for the Browns, just given everything we know about the NFL's policies, and this is kind of where I was going with the question, I think gunning for 85% makes sense. Just to survive through the NFL season, beyond like vaccine effectiveness, just to be able to practice normally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, my hope is JOK is only out for 10 days and then he comes back because I, I'm less worried about how he learns the, or the defense. I think he's a pretty smart player. That one, I think he probably can already do it, but how Woods can find ways to use him. I think we need as much time as possible. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also, uh, would say that again, less, Less about him learning the defense and more about just uh, becoming more familiar with his teammates. 
uh, and yeah. you know certain maybe certain quirks that they do or certain things or certain ways they execute a certain a certain play or a certain you know either the way that they drop into coverage or blitz or you know uh, stunts on the defensive line just having a better feeling and a, a vibe with that because you know the the best defenses best players in all sports honestly but especially in defense the ones that are able to feel each other that way and being able to like have everything timed out that the way they do things so it becomes more effective you know they're, they're able yeah. to do that like very easily and the best ones do it over and over again well and people also t- think about and we're all guilty of this right but it's easy to think about like a football team as a Madden team where you control one player and then the rest of the guys have this kind of computer automated thing they do every single play. And that's just not how it works, right? Because you need to know does there are or that shops. JOK needs to know if Ronnie Harrison, I don't know, has a stronger right foot than left foot, right? Because that affects where JOK is going to position himself. Mm-hmm. And you need reps to figure that out. You need a lot of reps, probably more than training camp's worth of reps. You probably need a year or two's worth of reps. That's why, also to your point, I think the best defense has been together a long time. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, the best defenses in our lives have been together a really long time. Legion of Boom, they were together for, like, four years. Mm-hmm. Those Pittsburgh and Baltimore defenses, they'd been together for a decade. Mm-hmm. And even more importantly than on offense to me, I, except for maybe offensive line. I think defensive continuity is really important. It is. It is. It, much like you just said, with uh, it's not like Madden where you can just change things out, put you know, put different things in there, and have it all work the same or better or whatever. It, it's it doesn't work like that. <laughs> right. It doesn't. It doesn't. So I, I guess for me, I'm kind of like, I'm excited for training camp. I, I don't know your feelings on this, regardless, even though it was one game or one day, I am still very concerned about this defense going into the year. I think it'll be better, but that's not saying much. They'll have to do a, a lot for me to feel comfortable or even okay with this, uh, with this defense. Uh, my, my overall concern is still there because I don't, we don't know how these guys are going to play together. Uh, again, uh, continuity, your best friend. Uh, lots of turnover, lots of new faces, good faces, good players, but there are some definitely some question marks, and I think we'll have a, a much better answer as time goes on. Yeah, and I also kind of think that I'm less worried about the secondary because I know, like, as a unit, they haven't played together much, but, like, Troy Hill and John Johnson were teammates. I, Denzel Ward, I feel like, can play with anybody. Like, he just is, like, that type of player. And so you're really kind of just kind of merging Harrison in with that group, I think, and maybe Greedy and Newsome. So, like, I think it takes some merging, but I think there's a lot of talent there. The front seven terrifies me. Yeah. Like, I think the front seven may start really bad. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, everybody's saying Miles Garrett's going to be back to old Miles Garrett. Like, maybe. Maybe he will. What we know about COVID is, like, sometimes that's not how it works. Right? Like, people have long COVID. Like, we don't know that he doesn't have that. I mean... And if he's not the same guy... 
that's going to cause some serious problems for There's everyone else in that issues. defense. Huge issues because then all of a sudden this idea that Jadavion Clowney is going to be great because Miles Garrett's on the opposite end, that won't hold anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, that front seven terrifies me. Yeah. But I'm more comfortable about the coverage unit than I was last year. Largely oh, because, hell like, yes. <laughs> our two starting safeties aren't going to be a combination of Sandejo and Redwine and uh guy that went to the Raiders. Uh, oh, uh, Carl Joseph. Carl Joseph, easily forgettable Carl Joseph. Like, those three were starting most games. Some combination of those three. And I just feel, like, infinitely better that I will not need to watch any of them play this year. Same. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I'm infinitely more comfortable. Oh, and uh, the cornerback, too. What was Andre Johnson? Was that his name? He, like, played, like, all of our nickel corner staffs and, like, I don't remember one good play he made all season. Oh, I gotta look this up now because I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, God, he only was only on the team a year ago, and I can't remember who it was. No, he was literally like, like literally forgettable. This this uh, exact moment, Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson, there we go. Kevin Johnson. Andre Kevin Johnson's the Hall of Famer. Kevin Johnson. Uh, yeah, Ke- Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson. Like, I don't care what anybody said. Like, Troy Hill's a better player. Like, yes. In every way. So, I just, I, I don't, like, to me, the secondary is just going to be better by, like, talent elevation. Mm-hmm. But that front seven terrifies me. Yeah. It, there's so many moving parts. There's so many variables on that that I'm just, like... It's yeah. very, it's very that, uneasy. And speaking of continuity... Garrett, Ogunjobi, Richardson, Vernon all started two years in a row, right? So going into that second year, I think part of the reason that defensive line looked good to start the season is they just were comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. And so now a completely different set of people playing. <laughs> yeah, these players have never played together. Well, we're definitely going to find out a lot <laughs> sooner yes. rather yes. than later. Uh, <laughs> do you have any other uh, final thoughts here? Uh, no, go to realbrownsfans.com and check out kind of the salary cap articles that Dan Keyes wrote. I think they're really good. I think James echo what you and I have said over and over in this show, which is awesome to know that like we're not just crazy and there's other people that think similarly about this than we do. And like and rate the podcast on any of the apps that it's available on, which is like all of them. It's pretty much available on all of them. So uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor. Uh, it's available on both websites as well. SoundCloud still there, so it's available everywhere. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, uh, share. Uh, it is also uh, I am putting the audio on my YouTube page. Uh, I also tweet those out as well. Uh, make sure to follow all of the uh, posts as we have them. And if, when you subscribe, good news is that they'll pop up right in your podcast feed exactly where you want them and you'll be ready just to hit play hashtag technology (laughs) perfect way to end it